This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Now, both of our shows tonight are from the early 40s. That's kind of important to keep in mind as you listen into what folks were being entertained by in the time of war. Rationing was at its height. People were looking for escape from the reality that some of their families wouldn't be returning from the conflicts overseas. The newscasts were loaded with the reports of advances or retreats. And in Canada, the guy who would later be known as Paul Cartwright of Bonanza fame, Lauren Green, would have the moniker of the Voice of Doom as he reported the news on the CBC. So people were looking for a way to forget their worries. And one of the shows that provided a lot of laughter was The Great Gildersleeve, starring Harold Perry. The Great Gildersleeve premiered on NBC August 31st of 1941. It moves the title character from the McGee's wistful villa, or vista that is, to Summerfield, where Gildersleeve oversees his late brother-in-law's estate and rears his orphaned niece and nephew, Marjorie and Leroy Forrester. While Gildersleeve had occasionally mentioned his unseen wife in some Fibber episodes, in his own series, he is a confirmed bachelor. At the outset of the series, Gildersleeve administers a girdle manufacturing company. If you want a better corset, of course, it's a Gildersleeve. Later, and during the remainder of the show, he serves as Summerfield's water commissioner. A key figure in the Gildersleeve home was black cook and housekeeper Bertie Lee Coggins, played by Lillian Randolph. Now, in the first season, underwriter Levinson, Bertie was often portrayed as less than intelligent, but she slowly developed as the real brains and caretaker of the household under Waden and other writers. The lead character was played by Harold Perry, an American actor, comedian, and singer in radio, films, and TV, and animation, remembered best as... Throck Morton P. Gildersleeve, a supporting character on radio's Fibber McGee and Molly that moved to its own radio hit, The Great Gildersleeve, the first known spinoff in American broadcasting. Well, Throck Morton P. Gildersleeve, I love that name, by the way, the P, it stands for Philharmonic. Harold Perry also worked on the horror series Lights Out and other radio programs, but his success and popularity as Gildersleeve set the stage for the character's own program, which became the peak of his career. And tonight, we hear him develop a case of the hiccups. I think you'll get a lot of smiles and even straight-out laughter from this episode that was first aired in 1941. Kraft presents The Great Gildersleeve. Each week at this time, Kraft presents from Hollywood, California, Harold Perry as the Great Gildersleeve, written by Leonard A. Levinson. (laughs) 
now, let's visit our friend, the great Gildersleeve. Mr. Gildersleeve, report of a state of Marjorie and Leroy Forrester Miners, submitted by Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve Guardian. Well, it looks very neat, Ted. Should impress Judge Hooker. Is it complete? All but the name of that firm that leased the 12th Street property. Oh, yes. Let's see. What was that firm? Oh, yes. The Swanky Hanky Shopping. <laughs> Thanks. I'll just fill that in. It was a 99-year lease, wasn't it? Yes, 99 years with monthly options. <laughs> oh, Marjorie. Oh, hello, Ted. Hi, Margie. Hey, that's a new dress, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) What do you think of it? Uh, Stop asking him questions, Marjorie, or he'll charge the estate for giving a legal opinion. (laughs) I'll go in the other room, young man, and tend to your paper. Okay. (laughs) Did you want me? Yes. Uh, All ready to go to court, eh? Uh Uh, What about your brother? Where is Leroy? Oh, I sent him to change his shirt for the third time. Uh, Uncle, I wish we'd make him get rid of that printing press. Well, little boys will always revert to type. (laughs) Now tell him to hurry I don't want to be late This is important and I'm getting jittery about it Oh, now relax and take it easy, Uncle Throckmorton Relax? Ted says the reporter's in fine shape Why, there's nothing to be excited about How is it? No, by George Come to think of it, I've done wonders I do say so myself In fact, I will say so myself I've done wonders (laughs) I think so Why, since you arrived in Summerfield a month ago You've straightened out all of our investments Rented that vacant property, and even put the kitchen on a budget. Why, Judge Hooker should be very pleased. I hope so. I made up my mind to demonstrate to that old... What is it Leroy calls him? Uh, old Leroy? What up, boy? What was it I told you not to call Judge Hooker? Picklepuss! That's it. I made up my mind to show that old picklepuss that a competent businessman could administer this estate properly. Why? Because you can't put anything over on me. Excuse me, Mr. Gill, please. Uh, yes, Bertie? Where did you buy them bananas? Well, from a man in a truck. They were bargains, too. The stores want 30 cents a dozen, and he only charged me 25. Well, he done gypped you. There was only nine bananas. Yes. <laughs> yes. As I was saying, mind you, you can't put anything over on my type of businessman. We have a certain alertness. Uh, oh, Great Danes. What's wrong? Look at the time. We'll be late for court. Oh, but court stays open until 5 o'clock, Uncle Moore. Yes, but we can't just drop in whenever we want, my dear. It isn't a barbershop, you know. We have to be there when the judge is ready to take us. Oh, like a beauty parlor. Yes. You see, I don't want to arrive late and have trouble with old uh, cucumber face. I've got to get back here and pack up my bag so I can take the night train. The night train? Yes. Oh, I forgot to tell you. I'm going to back to Whistle Vista this evening. Oh, Uncle Moore. Huh? Well, I thought you were going to stay here and live with us. Well, I am. That's why I'm going back to Wistful Vista. Huh? To sell or lease my house there. You are? Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> oh, Leroy. Yeah, what's this? Uncle Moore's going to sell his house in Wistful Vista and come back here and live with us. Oh, boy. Gee, that's wonderful, Uncle <laughs> Moore. Take it easy. Uh, do you want me to make you a for sale sign on my printing press? No, no, no. Thanks, just the same. You haven't got that many shirts to spare. <laughs> Oh, uh, Ted, is it time to go? Yes, we should hurry down to the courthouse. Everybody ready? Uh, Leroy, Marjorie, Ted, Bertie? Bertie's not going to court with us, Uncle Moore. I know that. I just want a glass of water. That ham I had for breakfast. Uh, Water, Bertie. Yes, Mr. Gill, please, bringing it. Good. Anybody else want any water? No, no. Here you are, sir. You better hurry, Mr. Gildersleeve. One second while I drink this. (laughs) Thanks, Bertie. Now I'm ready to go. Oh. Excuse me, I... Must have drunk too fast. (laughs) Wait a minute, Ted. I think Uncle Mort has the hiccups. Uh, Hiccups? No, I'll be all right. (gasps) 
maybe you'd better do something about it. No, no, no. I'll be all right. Well, well, Mort, you better sit down and rest a minute. Well, what about court? You know, old Judge Dutton. He'll wait. Yes, I can have it put over till tomorrow. But I gotta get back to Whistle Vista, Ted. I I couldn't do that. <laughs> or could I? Why not, Uncle? No, no, no. <laughs> I'll be all right in a few minutes. No, oh, isn't this silly? <laughs> don't try to talk, Uncle Mort. Just just sit quietly for a few minutes and, and rest. Rest? All right, I'll rest. <laughs> Unbutton your vest, Unc. Unbutton my vest? I'll try it. Yes, that seems a little better. Oh! Uh, spoke too soon. <laughs> better button it up again. Yeah! Say, I know a sure cure for hiccups. It never fails. It doesn't? Well, what is it? Drink a glass of water. Oh, but Marjorie, my dear, don't you remember? That's how I got them, uh, drinking water. No, but you didn't drink slowly. Uh, You've got to take nine swallows of water and, and not breathe in between. Not breathe? What am I? Fish? <laughs> now, Uncle Mort, it's cured thousands. Sure, you know, a hair from the dog that bit you. Uh, Ted, this is hiccups, not hydrophobia. <laughs> well, I'll get a glass of water. Yeah. You better get a pitcher in case one glass full won't do it. What are you trying to do? Drown them? <laughs> rocking chair. I'm getting seasick. Cheer up, Unc. If you can keep on hiccuping for another two hours, you'll get your picture and stranger to the thing. You're a bright boy, Leroy. I'll keep quiet. Uh, Mr. Gildersleeve, I just remembered something that'll take care of those hiccups. You do, Ted? What is it? Well, it's simply a matter of breath control. Say, Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers without taking a breath. Oh, I... Well, go on, try it, Uncle Moore. Well, all right. Peter Piper picked a... Uh, no, no, it's slower, like this. Like this. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers, that way. Peter Piper picked up, uh, picked up, uh, picked up. Oh, more water, Bertie. Here we Mr. Gildersleeve. Thanks. Well, who's got the next suggestion? Step right up, don't be bashful. Gildersleeve the guinea pig. That's me. <laughs> I wouldn't be bringing it up, Mr. Gildersleeve, except my know it'll work positively. Now, if you hold a cold silver knife on the back of your neck, and hiccups will be gone with the wind. Well, all right, I'll try anything once. If you got a cold knife, Bertie. Uh, yes, sir. I brought one right here with me, Mr. Gilfleeze. Unbutton your collar, Uncle. There. Ooh, it sends the shivers up and down my spine. Where'd you get that knife, Bertie? I had it in the refrigerator. You never can tell when a nice cold knife comes in handy. Hey, Uncle Mort! Uncle I was outside talking to my pal, Piggy Banks, and when he had the hiccups, they... Hey, what's that knife doing in your back? Did they operate on you? No. No, Leroy. Bertie suggested cold silver against the back of my neck. Oh, that won't work. It will, too, you, Leroy. I've been watching your uncle since he tried it, and he ain't hit once. Why, George, come to think of it, I haven't hit. This is wonderful, Bertie. Thanks very much. Remind me to give you a dollar. Uh, Ted, let's get started for the courthouse. But, Uncle Moore, a cold knife against the back of the neck cures nosebleeds, not hiccups. Why, that's right. Oh, I thought so, too. You mean to say it's not good for hiccups? Oh, jumping jelly beans. Oh, they've come back again. Forget about that dollar, Bertie. Say, Uncle Morris, 
I know a sure cure. I can't miss. No, Leroy. It's my turn this time. I've just remembered a remedy. But that isn't fair. I spoke up first. Say, whose hiccups are these? Yours or mine? Okay, go ahead. They're your hiccups. Uh, What's your remedy, Uncle Moore? Well, I'll, I'll take a cold shower. The shock should stop me. It sounds logical. Well, it won't hurt at any rate. We've got to do something so I won't keep speaking out of turn in court. <laughs> I'll get the car out of the garage. I'll bet that shower doesn't work, Marge. Now, my idea is to scare Uncle Moore. What for? Well, that's an absolute positive cure for hiccups. How do you know? It cured Piggy Banks when he had him t- something terrible. How'd you get them? Drinking a whole bottle of pop at one gulp. Honest, his family tried everything. Then his kid brother put a string of firecrackers in his pocket and lit the fuse. That did the trick, all right, all right. But didn't those firecrackers burn a big hole in his coat pocket? No, Piggy wasn't wearing a coat. Gee, if I could only think of something super to pull on Uncle Mort, I bet I'd scare the hiccups right out of him. Now, you wait a minute, Leroy. Don't you do anything drastic. Oh, me? When did I ever do anything? Say, how's about it if I, I put ketchup on my head and stagger into his room and fall down on the floor? Leroy, Forrester, now don't you dare. Well, all right. Let's see. What else would frighten those Donald hiccups? Oh, it's freezing in the shower. Bertie must be using the hot water in the kitchen. Oh, this water is ice cold. Oh. Uncle Mort! Uncle Mort! Uh, yes? Uncle Mort, where are you? The house is on fire! What? The house is on fire! Oh, I've got to get out of here. Oh, where's my clothes? No time for clothes. My bathrobe, where'd I put it? Never mind, here's a big towel. All right, come on, Leroy, which way shall we go? No, 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 Uncle Mort, go back. Why? Because you still got the hiccup. What's that got to do with my house being on fire? It isn't on fire. I was just trying to scare you. Scare me? What's the big idea? Gee, I only meant it for the best. I was just trying to frighten the hiccups away. If I ever ran out of the house like this, I'd frighten the neighbors away. <laughs> I'm awful sorry, Uncle Mort. Say, you better get back in the shower. There's a big drip on the carpet. Who, me? <laughs> You clear out of here now. As soon as I get dry, we're going down to the court. Hiccups or no hiccups? All right, folks. I'm ready to go now. Come on, Ted. Come on, Marjorie. We're coming. Yeah. Uh, where's Leroy? I think he went out. He must be waiting in the car. Good. I hope the judge doesn't mind. Okay, buddy, stick him up. Your money or your life. Leroy, come out of that closet and put back that water pistol. Oh, that didn't work either. You can't frighten me, Leroy. I'll go out and get in the car, young man. I told you, Leroy. Just you wait. I'll figure out a scheme that'll make Uncle Mort forget all about those beats of his. Yeah. Now, get in the car, everybody. <laughs> Lovely day, isn't it? Too bad I can't appreciate it. Maybe being in the fresh air like this, my hiccups will... Oh, no, they won't. Oh, the car is doing it, too. Boy, every time you hiccup, P.P., your foot goes down on the gas. You think so? Yeah. You want to stop and let me drive? No, we haven't got time. (laughs) 
I can't help it. I'm afraid they're getting worse. Oh, lots worse. Yes, yeah, that's the idea of driving down the street like a jackrabbit and jumping a signal. Where's your driver's license? Well, it's like this, officer. Oh, it's like that, is it? <laughs> well, what's going on here? Oh, my uncle has a severe attack of hiccups. Yes, yes he got it drinking a glass of water. Water, huh? Well, that's original anyway. <laughs> He's been hiccuping for hours. Tell the officer how you've been hiccuping, Uncle. See? Never mind. I've heard him before. Uh, officer, we're in somewhat of a hurry. We're rushing down to the... I get it. To a doctor. Well, come on. What? Oh, of course. That's it. Where's the nearest doctor, officer? Let's not dilly-dally. <laughs> Gee, you got it bad. Follow me. I'll clear away for you. Thank you. Medical Center building. Oh, I don't know how to thank you, officer. Yeah. Well, that's all right. Same thing happened to my sister's kid two months ago. You know how we cured her? Made her eat a quart of ice cream fast. Oh, yes, yes. Well, I'll put that down on my list. Hurry, Uncle Mort. Shall we go with you? No, you two children stay here with Ted. Oh. Going up? Yes. Is there a doctor in the building who specializes in hiccups? I mean, a, a cure for hiccups. Oh, you might try Dr. Simard on 7. Get him, please. Yeah. Say, you've got them bad, mister. Yeah. Well, I know something that will cure them in no time. You do? What is it? Eat a quart of ice cream fast. Yeah. Seventh floor. Uh, there's Dr. Smart's waiting room. Four doors down. Yeah, thank you very much. All this fuss over these silly hiccups. Well, at least I'll get rid of them for sure now. Uh, Dr. E.E. E. Simard, throat, chest, and stomach. That should cover hiccups, I guess. <laughs> oh. How do you do? Do you wish to see the doctor? No. I just dropped in to catch up on my last year's reading. Well, you should do something about those hiccups. Now, a quart of ice cream eaten fast. I know. It's a short cure. But I want some competent medical advice. Is the doctor busy? Not at the moment. Now, if you'll step in here and disrobe. I don't want to disrobe. I want to see the doctor. But if the doctor is going to examine you, you... He keeps his clothes on, doesn't he? Yes. Well, then I'll keep mine on, too. <laughs> Where is he? Uh, step in here. Doctor, this gentleman wishes to consult. Cut, cut, Miss Wood. How many times have I told you that patients must disrobe? We've been all through that, doctor. There's no need for me to do that. You can see what's wrong with me. Hmm. Open your mouth, please, and unbutton your vest. Thank you. You can close your mouth now. Well, it didn't take me long to diagnose this case. No? No. You're suffering from an intermittent, uncontrollable diaphragmatic spasm causing a sudden inhalation which is interrupted by a spasmodic closure of the glottis. I am? Yes. Well, what does that mean, doctor? You hiccup. I know I hiccup. I can hear myself. Uh, how do I get rid of them? Uh, now, don't get excited. I have a painless and infallible cure. Oh, uh, you have? What is it? Eat a quart of ice cream fast. That'll be five dollars, please. Oh! So... The judges' chambers are down at the end of the hall, T.P. Oh, jumping jeeps. Look at the clock. This is a of a time to show up. 
<laughs> Feeling better, Uncle Mo? No. I've eaten so much ice cream, I sound like a good humor man. <laughs> now, take it easy, Uncle Mort. Uh, you take it easy, young man. Don't say anything to the judge. Here we are. Ted, did you send the financial report down this morning? Keep quiet. <laughs> now, don't worry. That report went down early. Should make a wonderful impression. Well, come on, let's go. Yeah, might as well face old pickle puss. Yeah. Careful, Leroy. Anything you say will be used against me. Come in. Uh, hello, Judge Hooker. At last. I was ready to go home. <gasps> what are you hiccuping for, Gildersleeve? For about four hours now. <laughs> Uncle Mark's been suffering all day long, Judge. Yeah, maybe if you could frighten him, uh, Quietly, Judge. Roy, quiet. Uh, yes, Judge. I'd have been here sooner except for that. Well, I'm glad you sent down your report, Mr. Gildersleeve. Gave me time to study it. I'm pleased with what I found. Gee, that's swell, Judge. I thought you could do a good job for these children. You uh, you did? Well, thank you, Judge Hooker. In that case, we can leave. Come on, Leroy. Come on, Marjorie. Come on, Ted. What's your rush, Gildersleeve? Take it easy. Oh. Uh, you're nothing but a bundle of nerves. Yeah. I never knew nerves came in such large bundles. <laughs> Very good. I wonder if it'd be all right if I was absent from my duties for a while, Judge. I have some business to wind up in Whistle Vista. Uh, sure, sure. Go right ahead. Take all the time you want. Oh? Only be back next week. Oh. Yes, I see. Well, thanks, Judge. Excuse me, please. Oh, poor Uncle Mort. You can't travel in that condition. I bet Mr. Fowler at the drugstore would have something to relieve you. Why don't us two go see him, Mort? And if he can't help, I know a couple of other guys that can all right. If you'll excuse us, we'll run along. Certainly. Goodbye, then. Uh, goodbye, goodbye. You drive Uncle Mortal. Oh, sure. Hey, Leroy. Well, Ted, let's get started. Oh, I can't stop. Hey, those hiccups must be annoying. They are, indeed they are. By the way, I know a sure cure for hiccups. What, you too? Oh, this one never fails. All you need is a brown paper bag. A brown paper bag? Well, that takes the prize. Uh, shall I go out and get one, Judge? No, no, here's the bag. Wait a minute. Wait till I dump the apples out. This apple? <laughs> I teach a class at law school, and the boys always bring me apples. <laughs> now let's try this remedy. Oh, no, don't bother, Judge. I think they're stopping now. Now let's make sure. All you have to do is to breathe in and out of this bag, understand? I understand what to do, but I don't understand why. You will. Just put your face in the bag. Fine. You look better already. <laughs> Now go ahead and breathe. Oh. <laughs> the principle is this. Normally, you exhale carbon dioxide and inhale oxygen. Oh, I see. But this way, you inhale the carbon dioxide you've already exhaled. Oh, I see. Is that clear? No. <laughs> well, if you stop inhaling oxygen, you'll stop hiccuping. It's really very simple. So are you. <laughs> you ought to be all right, but now, how are you feeling? <laughs> Worse. Oh, my, and I almost had him licked. Strange, it's never failed before. Let me see. <laughs> There's a hole in the bag. Oh, take me home, Ted. I'm going right to bed. Oh, stop that. Hey, Lefty. Yeah? Here's a pillowcase. The ball is somewhere in here. Okay. Now, when we go out, if anyone asks who we are, we're the laundryman. I got you, Red. Uh, shall we uh, take this silver cup, too? Let me see. Uh, awarded to Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve. First place, potato race, annual picnic, Gildersleeve, Gretelwick. 
I guess he was the whole works, huh? What do you say? No, no, no. It's more trouble than it's worth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Too easily traced, huh? Hey. You sure there's no dough laying around? No, no. I looked every place, even behind the wallpaper. You think we should, uh... Think we should take any more clothes, Lefty? No. I'm wearing three of this guy's suits already. One on top of the other. I'd hate to have to run from some copper this way. Yeah, it's too bad we didn't snag any dough. Well, let's get going. Okay, you take it easy. So look, get away from that window. Hey, there's a big fat guy coming up the walk. Quick, out the back way. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Is he alone? Yeah, let's get out of here. No, 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 now wait. I bet he's got a fat bankroll in his pocket. Just hide behind his curtain. But where? Make it snappy. But where? Stick him up. No, Leroy. What do you mean, Leroy? Get him up. Oh, I see. You must be a friend of Leroy. <laughs> he puts you up to this, eh? <laughs> What'll that boy think of next? <laughs> I says for you to get them hands up and keep quiet, too. I'm sorry, mister, but it didn't work. I still got him. You see? Hey, Brad. Oh, hey, you brought a friend, eh? Hey, what's the matter with this guy? I thought you knew. I've got the hiccups. You see? Look, you, look. This is a gun in my hand, and I've got a good notion to let you have it. No, thanks. I wouldn't know what to do with it if you did. Yep. <laughs> hey, hey, Red, yeah. should I give it to him? No, I don't want yours either. <laughs> you're, you're asking for it, mister. I am not. I don't want any guns. I'm afraid of guns. <gasps> Sometimes they're loaded. <laughs> Shall I plug them, Red? Well, I don't think that'd cure me either, mister. Stand out of the way, Red. I'll show this smart Alex. Well, very realistic. Blanks, eh? <laughs> you, you missed. He moved? Yeah. I'll try again. Don't do that. You'll have every cop in town here. Oh, a gangbuster. <laughs> what are you going to do with a guy like that? I know, I know. Lefty, you stick your gat in his ribs and I'll frisk him. Okay. Now hold still, will you? This time I can't miss. <laughs> yeah. Now cut it out. Cut oh, it out. Spell. <laughs> Sorry, I'm tickly. You Stop it! Here, give me that gun. No, no, no. Oh, you get away from there. Hurry up, Fred. I can't, I can't. All right, all right. Let's take his pants off. What? Yeah. That way we get his roll and he can't follow us either. Okay. Oh, no, you don't. By George, that's carrying things too far. Fine friends Leroy has taking my... Keep your hands off me, you little... Grab him, Red. Oh, look out for those flowers. I warned you. Now you see what... Uh, oh, that's right, Lefty. Tom and a fall. Oh, you want to fight, eh? Well, all right. Oh, get off of me before I... Wait a minute, boys. Wait a minute. Stop. Stop. Oh, you give in, huh? Yes. You can quit now. My hiccups are all gone. More double torture. Grab it like grab Get away from me, Red. Oh, Leroy should have never done this. That's right, Lefty. Sit on him. What is this? Wearing my new blue third suit. This is the last draw. I'm at the stand for you. Oh, Red. Get him off. I'll still hold still while I hit him. No, no, no. Now, don't move. Now, I... Now look what you've done. You've clunked your little partner. I left him. I left him. Speak to me. Yeah, speak to him, Lefty. Hi, right, George. He's out cold. Give me that gun before you do any more damage. Oh, no, you don't. Ouch, my foot. Oh. The minute I saw those tight shoes, I knew you had corns. <laughs> hey, mister. Huh? Mister, please. What? Please don't point that gun at me. You're just nuts enough to shoot me. That's a very good idea. A couple of blanks might teach you not to go no, around. No, no, no. Uh, no, no, no. What's the big idea of leaving the front door open? Well, at last you're here, young man. 
Those two friends of yours are nothing but a couple of roughnecks. What friends? Who are these guys? Come, come, Leroy. Stop pretending. It's all right. My hiccups have disappeared. Oh, come on. Oh! Look at this room. What? Who's that man? Sleeping on the floor. That's one of Leroy's friends, and he's not sleeping. <laughs> uh, don't try to sneak out, Red. Uh, gee, I, I Come back here, Red, and tell Leroy what you did to me. Well, Uncle, I never saw these men before in my life. And what's all our silver we're doing in a pillowcase? Uncle Mort, these guys are burglars. They are? What? They weren't fooling? And to think that I... <gasps> oh, my. Now I've got the hiccups all over again. Until Wednesday. Oh, you'll be gone that long? Yes. I've got to put my house up for sale, and I also want to be on hand to greet my two little chums, Fibber McGee and Molly, when they return from their vacation Tuesday night. Hey, maybe Fibber McGee would buy your house. No, no, no. From my past experience with Fibber McGee, he wouldn't buy the place, he'd just borrow it. Good night. <laughs> Stay tuned for Lights Out next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for Lights Out, and an episode first aired in 1943. Ironized Yeast presents Lights Out. Everybody. Stories of the supernatural and the supernormal, dramatizing the fantasies and the mysteries of the unknown. We tell you this frankly, so if you wish to avoid the excitement and tension of these imaginative plays, we urge you calmly but sincerely to turn off your radio now. This is Arch Oberlin. Tonight, a strange story about ordinary people. Two girls just like you or your daughter or the girl who works next to you in the office. Light out. Everybody. Alice. Hmm? 
Do you think we're still in the United States? I'm beginning to doubt it. Are you sure you got the right address? Of course. Don't be so dogmatic. You have made a mistake. Sounds as if you're starting to get annoyed. Oh, I am. I've been driving so long. My back feels as if somebody were doing a big apple on it. Oh, we'll be there soon enough. You know, Alice, sometimes that calm nature of yours makes me good and tired. You sound as if you want to call. Oh, I'm sorry. It's just that... Oh, I looked forward to this vacation for weeks, and now that it's happening, well, it isn't so much fun. Oh, wait till you get to my Aunt Harriet. You can curl up in the alfalfa and sleep for days. Sleep. Oh, that's a lovely word. Just imagine sleeping as long as you want without having to worry about making an 8 o'clock class. Perfect. But are you sure you know where your Aunt Harriet lives? I've run out of synonyms for Of course I do. I'd just like to reassure myself. I certainly hope she has off beds. Oh, and that reminds me. You did send her that letter that we're coming. No. Say that again? No, I didn't send the letter. You mean to say that she doesn't even know that we're coming to stay with her? Well, I decided it'd be more fun if we sort of surprised her. Well, of all the brainstorms, walking in on somebody you haven't seen for ten years and expecting her to welcome you. She's my only aunt, isn't she? But, but maybe she won't have room for it. Don't be silly. I told you Aunt Harriet lives alone and likes it. Well, maybe she won't like it if we barge in on her. Don't be silly. Of course we'll be welcome. What I've heard, she's a little old darling. When you were eight, she was a darling. So, as you know, she's taken the welcome mat in years ago. <laughs> Wait a minute. Didn't you say we were supposed to go down Camden Road three miles? Yes. Then you are, Lord. That sign back there, this isn't Camden Road. You're silly. I saw it with my own eyes. It said Pig Snackle Road. <laughs> there, see that? Pig Snackle Road. You are wrong. Pig Snackle Road. <laughs> That's too good to be true. Are you crazy laughing at a name of a place when you haven't got any idea where you are in my Oh, back. don't be silly. I'm sure we'll find... Hey, there. There it is. There's what? The edge of the world? Oh, no, the crossroad. The entrance to Aunt Harriet's place ought to be just a little bit beyond it. That's what you said. Well, yes. There it is. Here, here we turn here. Turn. Hey, hey, wait a minute. What are you trying to do, turn over? It won't be long now. You're telling me. This is no road. It's a cow pad. <laughs> Aunt Harriet likes privacy. Oh. I remember Dad and Mother used to say that. Another hundred feet on this road, and I won't need a bed. I'll need a stretcher. Come on, slow down. I knew it. What a road. Even the tires couldn't take it. What do we care? Aunt Harriet's place just a little ways down. We'll walk. You mean leave the car right here in the middle of the road? It's Aunt Harriet's own private road. No one will bother it. Oh, come on. Take your bag. Let's get out of here. Oh, all right. I'm just a stooge. Come on, let's go. We'll just be in time for dinner. That's what you think. What do you mean? I mean, maybe your Aunt Harriet doesn't like guests who walk in just like that. Hey, Alice, now what are you stopping for? I... I just noticed. Noticed what? How dark it's getting. So what? Come on. When the sun starts setting, it gets dark. I learned that in Physical Science 101. Yeah, but back there on the road, it was so light and spirits so dark and gloomy. What's the matter with you? Are you going to take your suitcase and come on, or are you going to stand there being afraid of the dark? I'm all right. There are trees around here. No wonder it's dark. If that Aunt Harriet of yours wants privacy, she sure got it. And I hope when we get there, I'll have the same... Lona. Now what? Look at that mist coming up through the trees. Yeah. Like long, white, curling fingers. Oh, stop that, will you? It's just that it's getting late. Colder, moisture's condensing. Oh, will we ever get there riding and walking? Have you actually got an Aunt Harriet? Come on, let's go hey, back. Hey, wait, Lona, there it is. Huh? Hallelujah, it is a house. Well, it's about time. It's about Carter, Alice. Not Carter. I am. 
my knuckle. Oh, let me. She must be home. There's a light upstairs. And you were going to surprise her, eh? But she never leaves this place. Oh, go on. You don't even know that she lives here. Fine business. Car with a flat, stuck in the middle of nowhere. Nobody home in this godforsaken place. I'm so tired I could be standing on my head. But she must be home. You're repeating yourself. Oh, if this is a vacation. Hey, wait a minute. Wait. Wait, there's someone at the door. Oh, yes. Yes? Oh, what do you want? I'm I'm looking for I mean, are you Miss Saugus? Yes, yes. Oh, what do you want? Well, then you are Aunt Harriet. Who's calling me Aunt Harriet? Who oh, I say, who are you? Well, I'm Alice. Alice Preston. Alice. Oh, yes, yes. Bless my soul. I know you. Come in. Come in. Come in. Come in. Close the door. Oh, Aunt Harriet, you don't know how glad I am to see you. Did we have a time getting here? Yes. Come right in here. Right in here. There. I told you we'd be welcome. She didn't even ask who I was. Put your things down here and sit down and make yourself comfortable. Thanks. Aunt Harriet, this is my girlfriend, Lona Stevens. We roomed together at the university, and I asked her to come along with me. It's all right, my child. It's all right. Anyone's welcome. Anyone at all. Oh, that's very kind of you, Aunt Harriet. I hope you won't mind my calling you that. Alice, always. My child, it's all right. The name you name. Sit here and be comfortable. I get to see you. Oh, no, really, Aunt Harriet. Apparently, your Aunt Harriet does what she wants. (laughs) Doesn't she? Oh, well, as long as we're here. Hmm. Like something out of a museum. What? A house, furniture. <laughs> Look at the chairs in that sofa. Are they prehistoric or are they prehistoric? Yeah, I uh, I didn't think she was so old. Oh, oh, you mean yes? Yes. Oh well, after all, in ten years living alone out in this godforsaken place, I sort of think she's nice. Do you? Taking us right in and not asking us all sorts of silly questions. That's the kind of relative to have. You know, if I were to go barging in on any of mine, first they'd give me a third degree on how come I was away from school, and then they'd give me another third degree on how long I was going to stay. Lona. What's the matter? Back there in the shadows. What? What, what is it? I don't... It's something moving. What? It's a dog. Oh. I know. It's, it's a cat. Cat? It is a cat. Not a cat. Look at the size of it. Tiger. Lona. What do we do? Don't move. If we do, it'll... No. Yes, yes, young lady. Nice, warm tea. Just what you need. Aunt Harriet. Nothing. What? Oh, it is frightened here. What? What is it? You got eyes, haven't you? Yes, it's, but I could. It's so I dark can't... in that corner, we can't hardly tell. It's not a tiger, is it? Don't talk nonsense. Well, what is it? It shouldn't be here at all. It's much too early for it. Aunt Harriet, didn't you hear me? I asked you what it is. Oh, what do you think he is? It can't be a cat. Why, it's as big as a oh, police dog. All right, come upstairs. I'll show you to your room. Now, this way. Aunt Harriet, I don't. Come along. I say, I'll come along up these stairs. Come on, Alice. Why, Come on, we better be sure. But, Aunt Harriet, how could it be a cat when we... No, 
talk no more about snow. Mom, we'll talk about that tomorrow morning. In here, my dears. In here. Come on, Mom. But why doesn't she answer me? There, you see. A very comfortable room for both of you to rest. Nice white bed. Everything clean. But Aunt Harriet, Harriet nice wait just a minute. I want to find out something oh, about this. Yes. Forget it. Oh. Whatever it is, you can find out in the morning. Cat. Oh, cat, cat. Can't you say anything but cat? It was so huge. Huge nothing. What? We just imagined it, that's all. I mean, there in the shadows, it looked monstrous. You heard it. It sounded just like an ordinary tomcat. But I You saw didn't it. see any more than I saw, and I think it was just a long shadow that got us fooled, that's all. Yes. That could be it. Couldn't it? Of course. You remember in Psych 101 class, old Pudgy Wudgy told us about the tricks your eyes play in bad light when it comes to judging signs. Yeah, yeah I, I remember. Local signs, you told us. Right. Well, that's the way it was with that cat. <laughs> I'll bet you your Aunt Harriet thinks we're both a little screwy. That's why she got us up here to bed in a hurry. Oh, bed. Isn't that a wonderful And Well, we sleep. I, I hope so. Um, what? You're not sleeping either, are you? No. I, um, I wanted to talk to you for hours, but I wasn't sure. I thought you were asleep. Somehow I, I can't. Me neither. I can't understand why. I'm the one who was crying how tired I was. Bed's so comfortable. Mm, the house is quiet enough. The house. Hmm? Maybe that's why we can't sleep. But what do you mean? Something about the house. What? Something oppressive that, that won't let us sleep. Oh, you're crazy. No, I, I'm not. It's just that, well, that we're too tired to sleep, that's all. Yes, that's it. Too tired. Nerves on it. Well, I've been lying here for hours trying to figure it out. Now I know. Will you stop talking like that? Don't you feel it, Lana? Don't you? Well, I got it through ridiculous. Something heavy in the air. Pressing down on it. I'm... I'm awfully frightened, Mona. Well, you're not going to frighten me. What? Why, this is your own Aunt Harriet's house. She's down there sleeping and she... That cat. Yeah. It sounds huge, doesn't it? Oh, that's because it's so quiet in the house. Lona, there's another one. I tell you, there's two of them. Lona, listen to them. They're not ordinary cats. Listen to them. Now, back to our Lights Out story of Little Old Lady. Oh, this can't be cats. I'll call Aunt Harry. She'll tell me. She'll make him stop. Alex, wait. Don't go out there, you little fool. Aunt Harry, I've got Get to... Get away from that door. Listen to those things down there. Listen to no. them. No. No, I can't stand anymore of it. Aunt Harriet. Aunt Harriet, make them stop. 
get help for you, Rona. I will. I will. Road. Road. An automobile. Help. Help. Stop. You've got to stop. Help me. Please. Oh, help me. Oh, Lorna. What is it? What's the matter? Well, who are you? Help me come with me right now. Now, now, take Don't it easy. Stop. Take it easy. I'll, I'll help Hurry. you. Sure, I'll help you. I'm, help me. I'm sheriff of this county. Hurry, you must help me. Now, wait a minute. Please. Are you with the girls who left that car on the side mm-hmm. road back in the woods? Oh, uh, yes. Yes, we, we left our car there. Oh. oh, hurry. Please help me, my my friend, Lone. Joe, yeah. these oh, are the no. girls. Uh, we please. found your car in the woods, no. and we've been looking for you for hours. Please don't stand there talking. Hurry. We've got to help her. <laughs> Killing her? Joe, did you hear what she said? Don't talk. Hurry. Hurry. Please hurry, I beg of you. All right, all right. Now take it easy, hurry. sister. Uh, this is the house, ain't it? Yes, yes. This is the place. You're sorted, sir. Yeah. Uh, oh. Try the door, Joe. Hurry. It's open, sir. Sure. Well, let's go. She's up there. Nobody down here, sir. Here. All right, let's get up there. I don't know what this is all about, but I'm soon going to find out. Lona. Lona, we're coming for you. Lona, we're coming. Hey, what room is right, it, sir? Right here, that room. That room right there. Hurry. Hurry. Get your gun out, Joe. Door is partly open. Okay, oh, kick it open. Please. Watch yourself. Careful, Joe. Sheriff! Sister, you stay here. Lona. Sheriff, there's nobody in this room. Huh? Look for yourself. Well, now, what Lona. the... Oh, no, now, wait a minute, sister. Are you sure that... The... Yes, yes, you Right here. It came in the door. Jumped at her. I turned. I ran. I jumped out of the window. Hey, this window ain't broke. But I tell you, I went through it. See? My arm. Yeah. But, but there's no one in here. Oh, the bed, I'm why, it ain't even messed up. Oh, Did you say you threw a sleeping sister? You were. Oh, where are you? What has it done with you? Oh, my. She'll know. Oh, I have it killed her, too. Sheriff, come quick, come quick. Bring the girl. Oh, come along, sister. Joe, what is it? Look in there. And Harriet. Old lady sitting in the rocker and knitting. Oh, Lona, where is she? What happened? Oh, Aunt Harriet, please tell me. Yeah, yeah, tell us all. Might I ask what this is all about? Aunt Harriet, what's the matter? Didn't you hear anything? Lona, that that horrible cat thing. What did it do to her? Answer me, what did it do? Would you gentlemen tell me who is this hysterical young girl? Aunt Harriet. Now look here, don't you know who this girl is? Certainly do not, but Aunt Harriet, I'm Alice. I came here with Lona, don't you remember? You must be mistaken. I've been alone all night. You hear that, Joe? No, no, I was here. Lona and I did come here. It's a horrible joke, that's what it is. Aunt Harriet, please, please tell him you're just joking. Lona, where is she? I don't know what you're talking about. I never saw you before in all my life. No. No, that, that's not true, Aunt Harriet. Aunt Harriet. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've had about enough of this out of you, sister. 
chasing up here with all that bunkum about cats no. and killings no. and all that? No. Mm. Everything. You, um, you better come along with us. Everything I said to you was true. Uh, it was jo- true. Joe, take her other No. Arm. No, let go. Come on, oh, now. Please, don't Harriet, don't let them take me away. Come on, Joe. horrible cat thing. There were two of them oh, here. Oh, come on, come oh, on. Oh, don't let them take me Now, don't mind her, old lady. We'll take care of her. Yes. Good cat of her. Crack little thing. <laughs> now, come on, sister. No. Wait. Look at her teeth as she laughs. Look at her teeth. Mother in heaven, they're, they're cat's teeth. And her hands, they're, they're claws. No. Stay away from me. Beverto, stop you. Let me go. Stop my head. No ant of anything human. I can tell you that. Look at her. But, yes. but my Aunt Harriet. Aunt Harriet Saugus. Saugus? You hear that, Sheriff? Yeah. So you you came here thinking she was Mrs. Saugus. Did you, girl? Yes. Yes, Lona and I. And, and Lona must, must be dead now. How could my aunt do what she did? How could she? This thing is no aunt of yours, child. Your aunt Harry Saugus died in this house three years ago. And she left. Two cats. My dear Mr. Obler. Oh, come, come, Frank. Don't tell me you don't believe tonight's story. <laughs> Should I? Frank? Um, did you ever hear of lycanthropy? Yeah. Lycanthropy? Mm-hmm. I was looking it up just then. That's why I didn't answer you. It's a form of illusion in which the person imagined he's a wolf. Oh, yeah. Main Street's full of them. Uh, seriously. Only a handful of years ago, it was the firm belief of many people that certain human beings could turn into animals. But more of that in just a moment. Friends, if more vitamin B1 and iron is all you need to help build yourself up, get ironized yeast tablets. Of course, there are cases where a rundown condition may be due to other causes. If in doubt, see your doctor. But if vitamin B1 and iron shortage is your trouble, remember, ironized yeast has been so successful in such cases that it's sold on this no-risk, money-back basis. If you don't begin to eat better, to look and feel stronger, peppier, and more alive, the cost of the first bottle will be refunded to you in full by Ironized Yeast, Box IY, Rahway, New Jersey. Now, Mr. Obler, what about those wolves? Do you think that people can turn into wolves and can poor fish? No. But under certain provocations, the human mind can certainly transform itself into many peculiar forms. Even we who are uh, normal. Haven't we met women who are catty, men who are brave as the lions, and others who made you wonder whether they were men or mice? But even if you've had some doubt about people turning into animals, there's no doubt about what waste kitchen fats turn into. Oh, what a transition. But, but seriously... What every American wants is the news that Berlin has fallen, that the stars and stripes are flying over Tokyo. And ladies, 
You, Mrs. Johnson, wrote me last week, and you, Mrs. Stauffer, and all the rest of you. There is a vital part which only you can play in that final victory. Only you can furnish the kitchen fats which are needed so desperately to make explosives. Now, with the loss of most of our sources of supply in the Pacific, Uncle Sam must look to you for the fats our plants must have. You and only you can supply them. Now, you say you can't save enough to count now that meat and fats are rationed? Now, listen to this. As little as one tablespoon of fat a day amounts to a pound in a month. That pound of waste fat will send to Hitler and Hirohito with your compliments a half pound of dynamite, ten rounds from an airplane cannon, four anti-aircraft shells. And mind you, the government doesn't want them until they're too dark or too strong for your further use. Then and only then, pour them into a smooth-edged can, sell them to your butcher, and within three weeks' time, they'll be in a munitions plant on their way to the fighting front to do their vital share for victory. Make your waste kitchen fats uh, to your butcher the first thing tomorrow morning so our boys can give your answer to the Japs and Nazis at the earliest possible moment. Now, Frank, let's talk about next week's story. Next week, just an experiment, entirely different type of lights-out story. An entirely different approach. There's love and a boy and a girl in it. Now, it's a story I did a very long time ago to a rather limited audience. And I know that you, 13 millions who listen to Lights Out, will enjoy The Ugliest Man in the World next week. Yes, tune in next Tuesday again for Art Obler's eerie story, The Ugliest Man in the World. And if you need more vitamin B1 and iron, be sure to try ironized yeast. But remember, there's only one ironized yeast. You'll know it instantly by the yellow and orange package and by the big letters IY on the container and on each tablet. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Our Miss Brooks, followed by Suspense. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.